Hey, what's up, Cosmetic family? Cosmetic Podcast. How about the YMCA of Metropolitan Dallas? Cosmetic means being a person or thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energizing. Hey, um, of our partnership with YMCA, the USA, and our innovation series. I so love when we get to do these because when I tell you, mm-hmm. we always, always, always get the opportunity to talk to some amazing innovators, and today is yes. no different. So yes. allow me to tell you all who is joining us on the Cosmetic Podcast today on this innovation series installment. We have Sophia Faye. Mm-hmm. We have Sonia Gonzalez, Paulina mm-hmm. Martinez, yes. and the one and the only Dr. Tasha Johnson. Welcome to the Cosmetic Podcast. <laughs> Thank Johnson. you for having us. Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> on appearances. On the Cosmetic Podcast. That's the thing. <laughs> We're claiming Love it. it. Yes. Love it. Yes. We're claiming it. Yes. Thank you all for joining us today um, to talk about innovation, particularly around um, this civic health initiative. So we're going to jump right on in. And I want to start with Saktia. Tell us a little bit about the work that you are doing. Hi, everybody. Hello. I'm extremely excited to be here in this podcast. I have been a big fan of this podcast for a while, and I finally made it to the list. I'm excited. This is an honor to be here, and good to see Dr. Tasha Johnson, uh, Helena, Sonia, and both of you who are energizing us and rocking us and this podcast for the yes. last couple Hello. of years. I love that. I love that. Uh, at the Community Development YMCA of Greater Long Beach, we have one of the largest youth development program, which is called the YMCA Youth Institute, which was founded in 2001. The community development YMCA is one of the branches for the Long Beach YMCA associations. Mm -hmm. At the branch, we also have other programs, including the new American Welcome Center. We were the first cohort of the new American Welcome Center started back in 2016. Hmm. We also have uh, the Change Agent Production, which is a uh, social entrepreneurship program that allow the youth institute participants to apply the skill sets that they learn through the summer program into the real world social entrepreneurial uh, practices. Mm-hmm. And we also have different programs, including the YMCA community, community school program, family involvement program, food distributions, and other community and youth-led program at the YMCA in Long Beach. I'm so excited and I look forward to unpacking and sharing more innovative ideas, uh, lesson learned and best practices that we have from from the field um, to share with the rest of the colleagues across the movement. So thank you for having me. Thank you're you. Welcome, thank you're welcome. You're welcome, man. You got me inspired already, Bob. Like right, let's do it. Why you, I right. love a YMCA that is really in tune and responsive 
to the needs of the community and not centering, oh, every YMCA does this and every yeah. YMCA does this. I'm like, I mean, that's good. And if the community but, needs that. But you got to know Long Beach don't be following the YMCA rule. They don't. They do what they, 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 do they, what have, they need to do. They have game-changing programs. I, I love it. I love it. I, it I've been following you guys it. for a while. Yeah. Y'all are, y'all are rocking it out there. So, Sonia, talk to us. The YMCA of Greater San Antonio, who I must say has a CEO who is probably one of my most favorite people, even though he's a bit of a troublemaker, still think he's amazing. Um, that's, 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 that's my dude. That's my dude. Luis Lopez. Yes. yes. <laughs> he is a troublemaker, though. I said what I said. I'm not scared of him. But oh, no, um, I, I agree. Um, I love him. Please, please, I've known him for a very Mr. long Lopez time. That, uh, we talked today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Good trouble, hopefully. Good trouble. <laughs> Good, good. Well, trouble. I tell you off nine, Dr. Johnson. I tell you off nine. <laughs> good trouble. Good trouble. Dr. Johnson was able to meet him a few weeks or in May. Um, oh, uh, we had a uh, court here in San Antonio of an alike um, conference here for a few days, and she was able to meet him. So I've known Louis for a very long time. Um, he's been a mentor in my life, and he's an amazing person. We're very excited to to have him here in San Antonio or have him oh, back, God. should I say? To continue yeah. the great works that, that's yes. happening in San Antonio. So tell us about the things um, that you all have going on in the innovation space where you're you're helming. Sure. So specifically with this program that we are doing with YV USA, the funding is going towards our youth and government program. Mm. Here in San Antonio, 80% of our participants cannot afford the program. So with this funding, with this funding and funding that we also receive from other organizations from across the city, we're able to provide this program in urban areas of San Antonio, specifically targeting youth of color. So, you know, young women and men um, in these urban areas who have never had the opportunity to take part in something like this or just don't have the funding to do it. Yes. So we take these young ladies and gentlemen, and we put them in to our programs. We have amazing teachers that volunteer their times that are uh, at our schools. We also have, um, we, we just had a group go to Washington DC and receive a grant for $5,000 so they could create their own closet um, for suits for their teammates. So we have a small closet currently, and we also find funding for that. We ensure that our youth are going to conferences and district in suits. They're professionally dressed. Mm. We also work with local universities for volunteers. So St. Mary's University here in San Antonio has been a big help to us. They have promoted a program. They have looked for volunteers for us. So we have volunteer lawyers that come in and they overview our scrimmages. They look at opening and closings for, um, for our youth and they make strong bonds with them. We are also very fortunate to continue this with our youth as they graduate, offering them a job, as long as they're in either a technical trade, mm-hmm. university, community mm-hmm. college, some sort of pursuance of education, we offer them a position within our sports aquatics or our um, youth development department. I love it. Nice, nice. Making nice. that connection. Yes, yeah. ma'am. We have several youth that have taken that and have ran with it. And we recently mm. had our first uh, youth, Daphne, graduate from law school in Denver, has taken her LSATs and oh. has been. So she's our first lawyer. So um, <laughs> it's an amazing program. We are so proud of it here in San Antonio. And I'm so proud of all of our youth. So yeah. 
That's, That's so good. That's That's the, the, the youth yeah. government is just a game changer. It really uh, is. We had a young man named Sharif Long. He's uh, now in D.C. Uh-huh. working on on the Hill uh, that started the Duncanville program here in Texas when he was in middle school. And he ended up being governor, going to Kona and all that, winning awards there. And still is just a huge fan uh, of the Y mm. uh, right now and, to, and with, uh, with the youth and government program. And so uh, youth and government... Hands down, game hey, That's good stuff. Oh, changing the trajectory of the lives of the folks, mm-hmm. the young and, people. And Rodriguez, if I may insert for just a second, too, uh, since uh, Keith's example of youth and government and, and both Sonia and Sophia uh, are great uh, illustrations of how uh, local impact can really be transformative mm-hmm. in young people's lives. Yep. Uh, what we uh, really aspire to do with the civic health strategy is to go beyond just program point of services. So the experiences that Sonia and Sophia and many other youth development professionals in the YMCA are having is not only just thinking about what they do and how they show up in front of young people in a program space, but they're also looking at policies and how to create those transformative opportunities for young people to have greater voices, greater insight into programs, practices, and policies. And mm-hmm. so Sonia mentioned um, a job alike. So we brought other uh, people in the cohort from across YMCA's, Sophia was uh, present on several of them, to really learn from one another. Because what we have learned is that the professionals don't often get the time to step back and to think broadly about mm-hmm. what's working and what is not working. Sure. And so That's true. if we are thinking about this as an I do, you do framework for learning, we can't show up with what we have not experienced. Mm-hmm. You've heard the phrase, you can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. So if you have not seen high quality youth development, you hands down are not gonna be able to live the attitudes the skills and the behaviors necessary to model that for the youth. And so Helena and I have come together to think about how we can bring the local wide professionals together to champion the issues, the challenges and the celebrations, particularly around areas of justice and Mm. equity and youth voice and choice in a way that not only makes sense for how we go about doing business in the YMCA, but also what is the young person's 21st century world necessitate how they show up in yeah. their world and not our world. Yeah. Helena, can you uh, just kind of give us this overview of this civic health initiative? Like how did this thing get started? Um, the cohorts that you guys are speaking of, because you know, the one question that folks are going to ask uh, with the wise, like, all right, they got money. Well, how, how can I, how they can gonna, I get some money? They so that, that part is coming. So, so let, let, let's get that out of the way so that, you know, people are not just tra- chomping at the bits to try to find just you all. I know you guys have more of a central place so that people can learn about, you know, the civic health initiative. 
Yeah, so really uh, this, my role is really to support uh, movement engagement. And what that means is to really engage with the movement, with the, with the local wise. And that comes in a lot of different forms. So I do support grant funded projects, including the Civic Health Initiative um, that I was brought into to support as a network facilitator. And what that looks like is I get to work directly with local Y leaders uh, learning about the amazing work they do, talking about and discussing the challenges, opportunities, uh, barriers, successes, bright spots, all of all of it, right? Um, and uh, these opportunities, um, since they are grant funded, aren't, you know, they come, <laughs> they come when they come, right? Yeah, right um, exactly. And so I think one of the things that we've really worked to do um, within this cohort is really develop a community of youth uh, development uh, leaders who work together in community. And, uh, you know, we're talking about innovation and I think um, one of the lenses of innovation is, um, and Sakthiya said it best uh, yesterday, is that innovation doesn't come from one person or one tool. Mm. Um, so it doesn't come from one grant. Um, the work doesn't come from one grant um, and it certainly can't be sustained by, by grants. Um, it has mm. to be sustained by, uh, the processes, the methods, the approaches, and the frameworks um, that are put into place. And so I know that um, the question is always, how can we uh, really sustain the funding? Um, mm -hmm. But I really think that um, in order to imagine new ways of, of work and being in community with each other, um, we have to kind of think of new ways. Um, and so, it, you know, bringing the innovation lens and approach into this is vital and imperative. And so, um, you know, within this uh, civic health initiative, the framework that Dr. Dr. Johnson leads us through and kind of guides us through and we all kind of learn through together is really how do we continue this um, after the grant? Um, yeah. How do we then um, look at all the tools that we use? Um, and uh, just wanted to, to say that, you know, the innovation process um, available uh, on link uh, to all wise uh, really does work with other tools. So we've worked, we've, you know, used the capacity assessment, character development leadership institute, CDLI, uh, intercultural development inventory assessment. Mm. Uh, so I just wanted to, to, to say that, that I think what, what we need to do is really stay connected to each other. Yeah. And um, my, you know, I'll probably share later how to connect more to the innovation process tools um, because yeah. that really gives a process to how to kind of think through these challenges. Yeah. And I think the thing I heard loud and clear through uh, one, as we go through this innovation series, the, the money, the grant is the kickstart. Right, right, like, right, like, right, right. But it's the processes, the best practices, the tools, the yeah, the, the community. When yeah. you put those things yeah. in play, then you can be, you can see beyond the, the, the dollar. Mm -hmm. I mean, because mm -hmm. the dollar that you get from this grant is going to run out, and so you got to be thinking already two, three years down the road. You know, after the one year, whatever the cycle is for for the grant. And it's like, how do we get our people there? And I, I don't know, um, Sophia, it, in terms of what you've been doing and the the pra practices that you've learned, you know, what's been what's been good for you? What have you, you know, implemented? Mm -hmm. To me, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I want to echo the thesis of, uh, of this uh, civic health uh, innovations. And I want to, to uh, stress that healthy civic innovations takes time to develop. Just like we, just like we develops our democracy, Mm. And developing the, the democracy requires civic innovations. Once yes. we stop, once we stop, we would go backward, just like the societal challenges that we are facing collectively in this society yes. in the US. Sure. sure. So, th- so as much as we need to take time to invest, to invest. And build a strong foundation, just like through the civic health equity that our why has been a part of. Mm-hmm. It enhances the process of of improving and strengthening the foundation of uh, positive youth developments by incorporating different dimensions of of areas, including civic health, mm-hmm. including mental health including climate change, including housing, immigrations, and, and create a strong foundation of, uh, of principle and practices mm. that allow the youth development, positive youth and high-level youth development programs mm-hmm. to, to take leadership in addressing different areas. It takes process. And it's 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 actually a never-ending process, and we sh- we sh- we we cannot afford to stop innovating, because mm-hmm. we need to evolve our democracy. Now, as a trend of uh, democracy innovation is going, we need to look at how we can continue innovating our civic health, our civic life, um, looking at the institutions looking at the the issue that the community faced so there are different dimensions of of uh, of uh, areas that we need to create a strong foundations in order to modernize and evolve democracy uh, through innovating civic health thank you and if i may uh, i love that you're not just doing this work from grant period to grant period like you have to it is a never-ending cycle you have to constantly stay on your innovative edge in order to increase your civic health unless you get byproducts of some of the stuff that we're experiencing today in society, you know what? That's Octavia said something right there. Right. That is, yeah. I agree. So I agree. I want to piggyback off what he said. It, it's um, it's a constant movement. It's a constant change. Yeah. It's your community changes. And I, I spoke to Helena about this yesterday. Um, I've worked in team programming for a very, very long time, and as we're going through a lot of this work, I've realized that I am not 19 anymore. And I, I, I was with the Y when I was 19. Listen, Sonia's talking right now. I hear you, Sonia. I'm only 29, but I know where you're going with it. <laughs> so I've been with the Y for a year. I'm going on 19 years um, this August. Mm-hmm. So I, I was young when I, you know, when... I started with the why. So for a long time, I was able to relate. And now I'm finding myself, I kind of aged out of that. Right. And 
you know, people still expect for you to speak for that group. I'm no longer part of that group. I've realized that. Mm -hmm. So how can I speak for them? How can I be the voice for, for those younger people or not even for the younger people, but for, you know, just that, I know it's that age group, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're going through a completely different, um, way of life than it was when I grew up. Yeah, a lot more. They have accessibility to a lot more things. And the the atmosphere that they're growing up in is a lot different than mine when I grew up. So I can't speak on on their behalf any longer. I can share with what they share with me. But those frontline staff are the one your key. They are the ones that are making those relationships. Those are the people that, you know, are putting their, you know, their heart and soul into those into those programs. So this is, it's great, you know, to have all of this, but filtering that stuff down to your frontline staff is key because that helps that innovation grow back up to the top to be that voice to go to your CEO and say, okay, this is the way we need to change things. This mm-hmm. is how our why needs to move forward when it comes to this specific thing and this specific thing. We need to grow to the, more to the left or more to the right or, you know, whatever that might be. Um, or your community needs as well. So I would say here in San Antonio, we heard it loud and clear from our city that mental health was a need. Yeah. Right. Why yeah. take an initiative um, and built a free program um, through a grant um, to provide free mental health care to anybody in San Antonio who needs it. And it's a basic mobile unit. Yeah. Um and somebody can go onto our website, they can put their information in and a counselor will call them and set up a meeting. And it's for youth, it's for adults, it's for families. They'll just show up to a Y, they will sit with a licensed counselor um, and they can have as many sessions as they need. It's open not only to family, to youth, but it's also available to all of our employees as well. Hmm. That's so, about yeah, this right. is yeah. listening to what is needed and then yeah. creating that, but then also realizing they don't have buses to get there. You know, there's no vehicles in some of those households. Sure. They take buses, they walk. So utilizing our community-wise, utilizing small spaces in our Y and making them unique and comfortable for these people to come in and be vulnerable. So, you know, that is just something, that's a small part of how we are creating that for our community and listening and really listening to what they need and creating yeah. that space for them and yeah, it's so hard i'm sure everybody out there knows at your why there is a limited amount of space yeah everybody is fighting for that space your teens are fighting for that space littles are fighting for that space parents aquatics everybody is fighting over that same space but our why has done a really good job of spreading the word and the understanding of why things are needed and yeah. how we help our community, not only our community, but our wife family. And if I may um, thread a few things, because uh, this has been a juicy conversation. Yeah, um, I want to go back to uh, something, Keith, that you raised about kind of the dependence on grant dollars. Mm. Part of, I think, our challenge in the field of youth development and certainly a challenge um, in the YMCA is to begin to operationalize high quality, good youth work. So we have to be able to uh, articulate and demonstrate in lots of different ways through narratives, through numbers, qualitatively, quantitatively, what is working. So we have said the so what, we have done the work, that's the now what, 
So what do we do about it? So other people can um, support both in principle and in dollars, the continuation of the work. So that means that we are encouraging and trying to teach and equip our youth development professionals with the skills of advocating for a line item for youth development in the operations budget. So when that additional support of grant dollars goes away, yep. if the issue goes away, if the feeling or the sentiment goes away, it still is sustained in the heart and the lungs of what we do in the why. Yeah. The other thing that Helena raised uh, was we get who we get, right? Part of innovation around the civic health strategy is that we are broadening the net of the kind of youth that participate in our traditional programs like a youth in government. So I, in San Antonio, by example, yes. it is a brown town. Yeah. San Antonio is a Latinx town, is a Hispanic town primarily. So it is natural by majority that many of our young people participating in those programs. But where we have young people who are not, um, who are Latinx, but are not in towns where they are in the majority, perhaps sure. they are in the minority by numbers, there should be the same expectation with an equity lens of the same opportunity to have the YMCA experience at a high level of quality in youth and government and other programs. Long Beach is a great example of that. There are many others in the cohort. The other piece is we have to show up differently. Hmm. Another a part of innovation, um, when we are uh, delivering uh, what we typically do in program and direct services. Mm -hmm. That means that we have to go beyond just loving the kids. Right, 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 right. And sit in their issues, move out of the way as adults and support, practice, develop our young people to truly lead. And mm -hmm. sometimes they will make mistakes. Many times they will imagine make that. Mm. How do we create that culture of a risk-free environment in the program space so they can show up as their personal first best selves? Let me say I underscore personal first. Remember that probably what we thought we were going to be and do at 15 is not who we are being and doing uh -huh. at 35, 45. He told me when he so was just talked about that. Yeah. My son told me when he was little, I said, baby, what you want to be when you grow up? He said, a car. <laughs> well, uh, he's, he's 16 okay. now. Now he, 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 ain't, he ain't much, much smaller than some of the cars that's out here now. Okay. And Rodrigo, it is your it is your responsibility and accountability to cultivate him in the best yes. self. So Absolutely. he can make an informed decision an informed one decision, way whatever he or decides. the other. I, you, I, you right. I agree. I agree. Uh, that I is the innovation Johnson. calling and that is the innovation challenge that yeah. we have specifically around civic engagement and civic health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Johnson touched on uh, quality youth development programs. Yeah, so quality being the, the, the word here, not just we're going to play with them, we're going to let them just run amok. I mean, you need a little bit of that kind of outlet, but right. this this quality youth development experience is, is what really needs to happen. And Helena, you talked about community. And so with what what's the best practice around pulling out high quality programming in, in this community kind of concept. And cause we, again, we talked about, 
you know, we don't have the endless uh, checkbook, right? You can't just uh, write a check and just keep on writing and writing and writing it. And so you got to be able to still be able to produce quality, knowing that you don't have all the money in the world in order to, to do that. Uh, how do you do that in community to be able to sustain, you know, your programming and continue to get high quality programming? Mm. Yeah, one thing that I know to be true and that has been set from the beginning of this cohort and now beyond is that we cannot do this work alone, that there's yeah. so much work that to be done, right? I know yeah. in a conversation I had with Sonia and Sakti yesterday, we were talking about, you know, uh, evidence-based, right? And yeah. <clears throat> that's something that um, we've been um, learning about through the cohort, um, and but also grassroots research. You know, we have to be able to mobilize resources, gather feedback, consider that feedback, synthesize those um, those learnings and then take action. Um, and so I mentioned uh, the innovation process earlier and there's a, a number of different tools, but I do want to um, just uh, elevate some of those tools. Uh, and uh, we were talking about um, working in community. Um, on link, uh, the creating a better tomorrow roadmap uh, for Spanish um, speaking communities has been translated and is now available in the Spanish language. Ooh. So um, that's um, another tool. It's it's also in English, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But that's a roadmap that can showcase pathways on activities that you can do within community. Mm. Um, so. Uh, you know, the innovation process can also help uncover discomfort and, you know, work through that discomfort of the work and the challenges um, in collaboration with others in community. Um, because again, we can't do this work alone. Mm -hmm. So uh, one place I would start um, is the innovation page. If you're not familiar with it, um, or if you don't go on to link every week, um, then um, a quick way to really uh, learn about it is go to the, um, there's a page where it asks you questions. It says, um, you know, I have an idea, but where do I start now? Um, you know, so there's a lot of different ways that you can um, connect with it. So I would start there. Um, and I think the hardest part will be finding time on people's calendars, right? Mm. Um, but once we uh, find that time, um, we know that we can't do the work alone. Um, so once you schedule a time, the innovation process really helps to guide uh, that direction, that progress. Um, and also it fundamentally helps you practice reaching out um, to and have diverse perspe perspectives um, and practice equity, which we've all really talked about today. Yeah, I, I love that. And and going to that link space and getting access to all those tools really helps demystify this whole innovation process. I think sometimes people are nervous about innovating, so to speak, quote unquote, because it feels so abstract and so big and it doesn't seem like there's a framework and a formalized process. And for people who are more ABC in, in their thinking and in their, their movement, that just feels a little too nebulous, but yeah. there are some amazing tools, right? Link is, yeah. Link is a great resource that people need to tap tools. into more. And, you know, I know that as you guys put out your work, you're going to be sharing, you know, the different outcomes yeah. that people can lean into uh, a little bit more. To help rebuild that muscle. Unfortunately, as a movement, we got, we let our innovation muscle atrophy a little bit. We got to go back to the gym. When I and say, I mean, Keith, because I, mean, I stay in the gym. The yeah. Kim was I, Keith. I don't know. Kim was my trainer. See, that's what it was. Oh my gosh. I've been hypnotized. I've been brainwashed. Kim is my trainer. Uh so, so uh so so Thea, uh will you can you help add to this conversation? Because I'm not sure what my my, my, my co-host is talking trainer. about. <laughs> so um 
I want to I want to uh, echo what Helena mentions around the work that cannot be done alone, mm. because because in leading innovation we have to look at technical and adaptive changes, mm -hmm. data driven decision making, grassroots grassroot research, internal and external collaboration and partnerships. Mm. That is very important because it could be so through this we need tools and Helena made it clear that one tool cannot fit all right so now we are talking about generative AI we are talking about 3d printing we are talking about digital era right so when we innovate um, civic uh, engagement we have to look at different tools that work for specific community. We can invite all communities all we want, but the tools, engagement tool in high level and positive youth development, we as the YMCA Youth Institute have to identify based on uh, data and evidence uh, mm -hmm. in order to identify appropriate, effective and compelling tools that are needed by the youth in the communities. For example, 3D printing, graphic design, digital design, nature, arts, um, generative AI, um, and other tools that we can use in order to, for the young people from different communities who have different interests and support them, support them and prepare them to yes. utilize the tools in order to, to civically engage. And speaking of civic innovation, like Dr. Uh, Johnson has mentioned, we need to give them the leadership. If we want to have them lead, we need to start giving them the leadership and support them. Mm. We mm. cannot throw mm. them in the bus and not preparing mm. them. We have to walk them through the whole process yes. and give them the right tool that they need in order to lead at the same time. At the same time, um, for example, the YMCA Youth Institute that was founded 23 years ago um, truly understood and deeply understood based on data. Uh, we partner with Cal State University of Long Beach School of Social Work, right? So we look at, we look at what we can deliberate, deliberate and remove the barriers without having to have the youth to fit the YMCA program, but creating the program that fit the youth needs mm. and the evolving trends, challenges, and opportunity in the community. So that's why the YMCA Youth Institute for the last 23 years is free. So mm. because we, we look at different youth, so it, when we work with youth, we can call it youth program, but it does not mean it is a youth development program. In order to have a high level and positive youth development program, it requires evidence base. It requires uh, proper tools and equipping staff and professionals to support them and walk them through the whole process and then continue ongoing uh, uh, monitoring and evaluation to learn about the impacts based on the youth development principle and practices. And then now we have the uh, CDLI character development tools. We have this cohort through the civic health equity uh, program, which is not, which is not um, creating a new program, but to create a, 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 a transformative and sustainable models and approach 
and framework or strategy for the YMCA to adopt and, and enhance and turn their youth program to be a youth development program. Because it is important to remember when we work with youth, we can call it youth program, but it does not mean it's a positive or high-level youth development program because it requires comprehensive, evidence-based, uh, ongoing monitoring and evaluations to learn about the, the lessons and the best practices. So it is very important to look at those areas in order to uh, provide a, a robust uh, civic innovation. And again, leading civic innovation requires adaptive change, yeah. collaboration, and partnership over time. Thank you. I'm if totally mad what you're saying um, because it's that space of we with our current directors who are coming in. So think about that new program director. A lot of times a new program director comes in like, I want to change the world and this is how I'm going to do it. And it's like, you know, it's not about you individual, right? It is about this system that we have we have in place with these best practices, these tools that you guys are creating through these innovation uh, processes that we should use on a consistent basis. Mm. And it's like, how do we get all of our staff introduce those practices, right? Dr. Yeah. Johnson, you were gonna you were gonna lean in and say some things. Yeah, I, I just want to add some context because I think so Sophia has has rightfully named all of the leading and promising practices and behaviors mm -hmm. to construct uh the the venue for high quality youth development right. uh i would be remiss as a senior director in equity and youth development to not say that we it's a double edged sword because we we recognize that particularly in communities of color or uh communities uh for vulnerable individuals those tools that were created with the best of intentions oftentimes can be weaponized to pull resources out of community. Mm -hmm. So when we approach the use of tools, uh, we must approach those tools with an equity mindset. Yeah. And to also with the end deliverable of closing that knowing and doing gap. So Helena mentioned the capacity assessment, by example. It is a tool that we have here in the YMCA to look at at an organizational level the health and wellness of what we do meaning our aspirations versus what we aspire to do, what actually happens um, and the gap. It's like an MRI for high quality youth mm. development. Mm. Well, when you get feedback that tells you that the organization is not well, when mm. you get feedback that tells you the village is unhealthy, what do you do about it? Mm. And it is also our responsibility. And I think this is part of innovation and applying an equity lens or equity mindset to innovation. When we get that data or information back from those instruments and tools, we must share that information with a community that uncovered it. So in practice, if program directors are filling out surveys and evaluation materials, it's incumbent upon us to uh, organize that data back to them in a way that they can receive it and be transparent about what we can and cannot act on. How many times have we been a part of a community where folks have surveyed us to death, research, send researchers into our communities, and we never know what, what the result of that was. Right. right we right, see things right. come in, but more often we see things leave and don't know rhyme or reason why that is happening. So civic engagement 
the game changer piece around civic engagement is not just do no harm, but as I've you heard me say before, when you know better, you yeah. do you better. do better you and you do support it. better. You gotta do Come it. On. You know better, you do better, and you support better. So mm-hmm. part of bringing folks in as a cohort is to really tuck in and to learn from the people who are close to the nexus of change. That means that we should be uh, sharing these strategies and sharing these tools with the people who are delivering and using them. We should be checking in to see if what we have engineered is actually working as expected. If the answer is yes, high-fiving and celebrating. If the answer is no, it could be a partnership, which means YMCA, move out of the way. Yep. Right. If you know yep. your local yep. Y does not have the capacity, the resources, people, time, and money to do those data behaviors that Sathya just talked about, move out of the way and partner with another organization that does. That's when you use those grant dollars more strategically. Perhaps you're not using those grant dollars for the FTE costs, the personnel costs. You're using those grant dollars like B12 to bolster your data and evaluation. So you can get more grant money to pay for more people, but more people who are highly skilled and show up with the requisite attitude, skills, and behaviors. That is an innovative challenge. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. I'll tell y'all what. That's why Dr. This, Johnson done it, been on this podcast ooh, so many times. Dropping knowledge, be dropping <laughs> knowledge. Uh, and you, and I, I just want to speak a little bit more about that. Um, when your program's not making right, or you're not getting that information that you need, or it's just you're oversaturated with that, and you're not able to meet the needs of that community. Um, Community partners are the most important relationships any YMCA is going to create. Mm -hmm. And you, as a a YMCA employee, a director, a site director, you know, a coach, are are part of that relationship with your community. So a, a very strong partnership that we have here in San Antonio is with our San Antonio Independent School District. We would not be able to provide after-school care in the communities that we serve here without their partnership. We are in their facilities. They don't charge us anything for it, um, but we provide that care. So with that being said, we understand that there's a need in those communities when it comes to enhancing the, the programming, right? It's just not playing, coming in, doing games, doing homework. We're finding a lot of these schools are, are starting to make unique atmospheres for their kids. They may not have homework anymore. They may just have projects for the year. How do we adapt to that? And how do we focus on those weak areas of those youth? We went back to SASD. We had a conversation with them and they said, okay, look, we're going to share the testing data with you. So you know what the areas of focus are for many of our youth. Mm -hmm. So math and reading is our weak points here in San Antonio in many areas. So those are our focus points in after school program. So there is an intention automatically put into the after-school program and in the curriculum that is given out to those schools and into those communities that are in need. Um, Also hiring with intention. So when you're hiring, putting those schools names and zip codes, that way people know, yes, I can walk there. And those are people from the community who've grown up in that community who now have access to other youth who understand what they might be going through. Yeah. Yeah. So they might speak a different language. They might bring in some other experiences that they went in. They might be coming from the same household that many of our youth are coming from. So it's very relatable to them. And that makes a stronger bond between our youth and um, our our staff, our, our team. Hmm. 
So there's, you know, really putting intention behind all that, but the share of communication and the share of intention between all programs, not just after school, it goes into our team programming. That same information is given out to our child watches. That same information is given out to the sports coaches. The, the, that flow needs to go all the way across that way. All youth are being treated and the, all the same programs that we all host have the same values and it's all being given out. So that same experience across the board. That's, that's Sophia, amazing. give us some closing comments and wrap, yeah. wrap us up for today. I know this has been, been great, right? And I'm getting back in it. Girl, you'll be out of there so fast, girl. They're going to wear me out too, right? I wouldn't make it. You, you hear what song you said earlier, didn't you? I tell you, I had to watch a preschool class one day while the teacher went to the bathroom. I said, oh, she been gone too long. It was about a minute and 30 seconds. One more thing to say. I have one more thing to say. <laughs> When you're looking for partnerships, really take this in mind. And this is something that I tell myself and I tell my team all the time. The worst thing somebody is going to tell you is no. Yeah, that's it. You have no harm to it. But now you're stuck in their head. Now they know you exist. And now that they know that you have a purpose. So the worst thing they're going to tell you is no or not right now. Okay, I'll come back to you in a few months or come back to you next year. Keep it in mind and just loop them back in. That no is not going to hurt you in any case. And that doesn't have to be professionally or in your programs too, in your personal life too, right? Like it's just a no. Okay, it might be a no right now. It might be a yes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take us home, Sophia. Internal civic engagement within our own YMCA association movement it is critical that we look at both internal and external civic engagement. We would equip young people to address broader societal issue. How about equipping them to uh, support internal organizational leadership and governance and uh, decision-making process? Because democracy starts with where we are at in order to make a broader influence into uh, the society. And the democracy uh, uh, cannot further develop uh, and evolve without the civic uh, participation, but it starts within our own organization, both internally and externally. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know Sometimes better, do better, do better. better. Great examples. Great examples. Y'all, well, look here, look here, look here. If if whoever is listening didn't get a didn't learn a thing or two about a thing or two, I I don't I don't know. I, you I, we just hey. got nothing for you then. Hey, below, Dr. Johnson, thank you. Uh, Sophia, thank you. Sonia, thank you. Helena, thank you. Thank, thank y'all, thank, thank y'all you. for the amazing work that you all are doing with YMCA with this cohort experience, and most importantly, being front lines right there. Um, supporting youth development and pushing us towards excellence in our next grader in that space. You guys are amazing. Yep, yep. And before we sign off, we have got to give props to our producer, Lachey. Hey, Lachey. Thank you, lady. Appreciate you. Hey, look, thank you guys for listening to Cosmetic Podcast. On this episode, which is another installment with our YUSA Innovation Series featuring Sophia Faye, Sonia Gonzalez, Halina Martinez, and Lee Dr. Natasha Johnson. Hey, look, subscribe and listen to us weekly. And don't be shy, give us a five-star review. And as always, be dynamic, be phenomenal, and be cosmetic. cosmetic.